you're listening to The Private Citizen, your weekly data privacy podcast, episode 35, for Wednesday, the 12th of August, 2020. Do contact tracing apps work? Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm your host. How do you do? Coming to you from the beautiful town of Hamburg, where it's over 30 degrees and everybody's going mad, going mad in the streets, going mad in traffic, because if it's over 30 degrees, Germans, they, they can't cope with it. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm staying inside, I've stayed inside for a few hours preparing uh, an, an episode for you that I hope you'll like. And um, as you can tell, well, the, the question is, do contact tracing apps work? That's the headline this episode and if you know Bedrich's law of headlines uh, you already know the answer to that <laughs> um, yeah for this episode I'm gonna revisit um, uh, you know I've, I've talked a lot about contact tracing apps there is a um, if you go to the show notes privatecitizen.press there's a tag um, right at the top every episode has tags uh, contact tracing if you click on that um, you get all the all the previous episodes, um, and that's just some stuff that you know, just some stuff that's happened in between. You know, I didn't want to cover coronavirus stuff um, so much um, anymore, which you know, I, I'm I'm still um, that's that's still the plan. But you know, this uh, it's just an interesting topic, a topic I've talked about, and some stuff has happened that I that I want to you know share information. Uh, with you about especially since in the very beginning i had kind of doubted that these apps work and we're now seeing a lot of uh, you know some research being done actually to see if they work and it looks like a lot of this stuff that um and i'd said in the beginning i'm kind of skeptical about and you know not only me in episode 16 i talked with Jürgen goiter also known as tante it's a great episode by the way if you haven't listened to that uh, we had an in-depth discussion went kind of philosophical at times but we were basically debating whether it, it's just a good idea to have these apps and you know a lot of the stuff we said um back then now seems to that was oh let me just look up when that was um Wait, me. Which episode? Episode. Uh, wait. Episode sixteen. I said episode sixteen. So that was in April, twenty fourth of April, and a lot of that stuff seems to be coming true. Um, but before we get into uh, the the episode proper, I'm gonna have some uh, Jim Beam Black because I don't know. I'm kind of on holiday now, and it, it fits with my mood, it fits with the weather, and uh, I've been watching, uh, binge-watching pretty much um, Hell on Wheels, which is over here on Amazon uh, video, and I, I never heard about it, the show, nobody ever told me, even though I love westerns, and it's got Anson Mount, uh, who people might know from Star Trek Discovery, and it's, uh, it's just a great show, so the Jim Beam goes well with that. And should help um, lubricate my voice a bit, uh, you know, with the allergies uh, being as bad as they are for me right now. Maybe it'll help a bit. So on today's episode, I want to look at um, some research that was done about contact tracing apps. And uh, if they actually work, then there's some other research about privacy uh, implications uh, of this Apple Google API. And... Um, 
I also want to quickly revisit it. In, in a previous episode, I talked about how the German police is using these contract tracing lists that they have now in restaurants um, that you, that are mandatory if you go to a restaurant or you know any kind of a cafe or something like that. Um, I was kind of puzzled why they are able to use those, and I since learned why, which I should have really known in the first place because it's, it seems like knowledge I should have but um, I want to clue you in on that because I thought that was interesting and then I do have some um, uh, off the grid stuff maybe some homework for you and uh, just at the top of the show here another reminder I've talked about this but uh, I'm just as I'm recording this um, I'm I'm getting ready to leave for a uh, eight day motorcycle trip uh, to Norway over my birthday and so there will be no episode uh, next week next Wednesday there will be no episode but I gave you uh, an extra one beforehand so I, I hope that will be fine um, yeah and uh, with that let's get into the, um, the the first topic at hand here um, so there's been there's been some research that I've you know that I saw fly past but I didn't really have time to look at um, and I've just the last few months or so or even longer for me has been a mess I've, I've been you know my, I, I, I try to do this daily tech newsletter and I haven't done that in a, over a month and that's you know it's weighing on my mind my blog I'm not writing as much as I should on my blog basically the only thing I have kept going is the podcast um, even though uh, I you know had to push one episode to Thursday at some point but um my life's just been a mess, you know, the motorbike went down, you know, broke down. We had this health scare with dad. Um, I'm just driving constantly back and forth between Hamburg and Düsseldorf to get all stuff sorted for the move, which uh, there's some major headaches, you know, the new flat doesn't have a kitchen. So we had to uh, plan and buy a kitchen <laughs> and it's just not getting better anytime uh, soon. And, you know, Hamburg and Düsseldorf is quite a distance. It's like... Um, you know, with the bus, I always drive slow and take it slow. So it, it takes me like five hours uh, one way. And it's just, um, yeah, um, don't want to complain. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to schedule things at the moment. So I, I haven't written as much as I wanted to anyway. So a lot of this stuff has just flown by and I've kind of seen it, um, you know, from the corner of my eye, but wasn't able to look at it. And I had some time now and I'd actually looked at some of the stuff. But uh, basically the research I'm going to talk about um, today comes from two guys, uh, Professor Doug Leith and Dr. Stephen Farrell, who are at um, Trinity College in Dublin. And they've done a lot of research um, on, you know, these contact tracing apps or exposure notification as Apple and Google called it. Now I'm just going to stick with contact tracing. I think that's a better term because it kind of mimics the, you know, it, it mirrors the real IRL contact tracing kind of thing. And um, they have a handy page with all of their research on it that I've linked at the top here. As usual, private citizen press, uh, please have a look at the show notes. It's a lot of stuff there. Um, it's kind of, you can you could read it while I while you listen to the show but i realize most people are probably on their commute or whatever they're doing or they're doing dishes and they don't want to do that but there's handy links in there there's some more material in there and just if you want to refer back it's always uh you know show notes are always uh, handy to have so thing i've always um try to be um very diligent about in my uh 
Oh God. Uh, what's it now? 13, 14 years of podcasting. Um, and for, for a reason. So please, please use the show notes. They're handy. Um, anyway, so these, these two guys, uh, Lay, Professor Lay and Dr. Farrell, hope I pronounced their names right. Sometimes with the Irish, I have, um, if it's wrong, please somebody tell me and I'll, I'll correct it on a, on a, on, a, on the next episode. Um, so this is all, um, they, they did several tests. So basically, um, What's at question here is not the actual um, Corona app implementation that the different countries have. Um, we're talking at, about the Google Apple contact tracing API that's built into Android and iOS, or as they call it, the exposure notification uh, API. So um, they, in this in this research, that was called it G-A-E-N, uh, GAIN, I don't know, uh, G-A-E-N. Uh, but I'm just going to probably in this show, I'm just going to call it the, the API. And this is something Google and Apple have uh, developed together. And it sits behind all these apps, right? All the apps that use that. And pretty much we figured out since Australia and I don't know, Singapore app or whatever, we've, we figured out we need to do this in the operating system because modern smartphone operating systems do all this kind of stuff. They try to minimize battery usage so they kill processes you know they um, have a very tight hold on bluetooth and radio stuff because that uses power and um, so the only real way to do this in the background as this app should do do it is to use this api and um so all these apps do that in the background just just um uh, kind of um summarizing this for you know people might have not listened to all the other um all the other uh, episodes that i did on this so just a quick summary here um and it's kind of they have open source that stuff now or some of the stuff um, i'm, I'm gonna get into that a little bit later but um basically what they're doing is i mean they are trying to measure how far two phones are apart from each other with Bluetooth. And the way they do is do this, they actually measure the attenuation. So let's say we have smartphone A and smartphone B and smartphone A sends a signal to smartphone B and um, smartphone B can't you know it doesn't to, to try to figure out how how fast smartphone a is away it looks at how strong the signal is it received and given a uh, a relative number like kind of 100 you know of 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 a of that bluetooth be you know bluetooth low energy uh a radio emitting it kind of goes okay I've, I've got like it does it in decibels right but it's like kind of okay I've, I've have 70 percent or whatever i've seen so attenuation is how much of the um signal gets eaten on the way right so um how much gets actually um still gets there and how much is is just bounces away or it's just eaten by hitting or something and by that they try to measure the distance of the two phones now when you know, I talked about uh, this with Jürgen Goiter months ago. Um, we kind of said, 
there's lots of scenarios where this sounds like it's not going to work really well. Um, first of all, it doesn't like the basic premise is always the basic problem is always it doesn't measure how the virus actually spreads. So there might be a glass pane between you, the two phones, the for for the radio signals that glass pane is basically non-existent. Um, but you know, for the virus, it's an un it's a it's a hard barrier, right? The virus couldn't cross. So th- there's always these problems. But other problems are also like the, just the way radio works. You know, I did a um, ham radio course recently and you learn all this stuff about radio waves. And this is the same thing. You know, it's a very specific fre- frequency, uh, Bluetooth low energy. And there is just things that um, just um, swallow up those radio emissions. And there are other things that just... Um, reflected right so you could shoot it at like at metal and it would just bounce off without being with not being attenuated at all so you can use i mean it's a it's kind of like the 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 way um um you can think of it a little bit i don't know if you ever done done these things where you like um you you have a wi-fi um router and you you can do like things you can build like um antennas that that focus the the Wi-Fi signal so that it doesn't get sent out equally uh, around the the router, but like in a cone, right? So you can use like a Pringles can or whatever, and that way you can actually make that signal travel much further than it normally would. And these reflections are something like that. Like there are things like lenses, you know, there's the stuff in the environment that. F- that works like a lens if it gets hit by these Bluetooth th- signals. Um, there were reports by, um, you know, I think I've talked about this on the show before. People I know have noticed that um, if you live on a river, right, the people um, on going along the river on the boat, on, on boats, which might be quite far away, a few hundred meters away, if you, if you um, try to catch their... Um, you know these contact tracing uh, radio signals it can look like they're five meters away because apparently the water um, reflects these signals and they just bounce along I don't know kind of bounce along the the, the, the surface of the water or something um, and it it completely screws this measurement um, it's kind of it's 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 relatively easy in a controlled environment in a lab, which is, you know, what, for example, for the German app, um, they had some um, science institutes here um, tested some of this, but that was like in in lab conditions, right? So you have an open room and you have two phones and, you know, nothing in between, then you, yes, you can, you can, you can measure the distance quite well. You know, if you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, with with ham ham radio, you know you can triangulate radio sources pretty easily. Um, although this, of course, is harder because you, you're not triangulating. But you know, um, and then with ham radio, the, the the problem is also if you try to measure distance, you know, you don't know if a signal got got bounced off the atmosphere or stuff like that. So it's it's always hard to do something like this with radio waves, especially in a real world environment. And so um, Professor Lay and uh, Dr. Farrell, um, or Farrell, but it's probably Farrell, isn't it? Um, first tested this in a bus. So they got a bus, right? 
parked it somewhere and they had people sorry 60 pairs of handsets um in the bus you know people having phones in the bus and then they were doing stuff like you know you would do on a on a bus commute and they measured um you know they they, they had a setup where they could see what the api was reporting to the app that was installed and um it turns out this is like completely scattershot and it so the difference there's 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 some things that 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 make that you think make a huge difference make no difference at all at, at some point you know in some respects distance for example that you're trying to measure sometimes nearly makes no difference at all and other things like the position like two p so you have two people that are that are in the same position and the same distance from each other and if they just move their hands like if they hold their phones differently um you have huge changes so quoting from this paper here changing the people or like if you or if you just change the people like if they're different people different body shapes or something changing the people holding a pair of handsets with the location of the handsets otherwise remaining unchanged can cause variations of plus minus 10 db in the attenuation level reported by the uh, api and that's you know plus minus 10 db is a lot right um deep you know decibel is a, let me just don't get this wrong is it a logarithmic scale uh i think it is um god i have to look this up um it's a relative unit of me measuring corresponding blah blah to the tenth of a bell um it's used to express the ratio of one value of a power of field quantity to another on a logarithmic scale yeah so you know um it's you know it's orders of mag magnitude right so 10 is is plus minus 10 decibels is quite a lot. Um, and, you know, also, you know, changing just where they hold the phones. It's just like, you know, bodies blocking um, the radio va waves or maybe like reflecting it. I don't know, you know, the human body is made of, out of a lot of water. So maybe that plays a role there. Um so they say applying the rule used by the Swiss, so this was older research when only the Swiss app was out, I think. Um, applying the rule used by the Swiss COVID-19 contact tracing app to trigger an exposure notification to our bus measurements, we find that no exposure notifications would have been triggered despite the fact that all pairs of handsets were within two meters of one another for at least 15 minutes. So this should have triggered. Um, and... Yeah, so, the, so they basically find out, like, in an environment like this, um, it doesn't really work. Uh, also because probably there's a lot of metal. And then they did newer research, uh, did another test in a tram, where they used, um, as the model of tram that is, ver is very common in, in Europe, and they basically did the same test. Um, but this time they... they tested more apps that this was the German and the Italian app. So they all have, they all use the same API and they get this attenuation data from the API, but then the app itself decides how to, um, when to trigger the notification. So it's always the same. Like it does, it also doesn't get raw decibel numbers from the API. The API, 
uh, rates like you know the exposure it, it rates that based on certain things like time you know how many packets are received so the time of the contact and you know the attenuation and stuff and then the the app can kind of um, fine-tune it based on that but they figured out that in a tram it was even worse because in a tram this is uh, probably because lots of the surfaces are covered with metal there's lots of metal everywhere um so they say um, our measurements indicate that in the tram there's little correlation between received signal strength uh, of distance be- and I think received signal strength and distance between handsets. We applied the detection rules based by the Italian, Swiss and German apps to our measurement data and also cor- characterized the impact on performance of changes in the parameters used in these detection rules. Um so that's probably, you know, the local health authority can can also change um, certain parameters in there. Uh, we find that the Swiss and German apps, uh, German detection rules trigger no exposure notif- notifications on our data, in, while the Italian detection rule generates a true positive rate of 50% and a false positive rate of 50%. Our analysis indicates that the performance of such detection rules is similar to that of triggering notifications by randomly selecting from the position participants in our experiments regardless of proximity so you know with other uh, uh, in other terms um, you know if this was like a, a medical um, study the the placebo is as effective as the uh, the medicine which which would tell you that the medicine is not effective at all <laughs> now um, I you know reading the paper based on where the handsets were placed and the time they did it for 15 minutes the German app definitely should have triggered um, if the you know distance detection was right so it seems like um, the um, this is really off um, it seems like pretty much what what Jürgen Goiter and me and other people in the beginning um, suspected that the fact that because um, nobody ever designed Bluetooth low energy to measure distance, you know, and people who know a lot about Bluetooth low energy were also saying, ah, I don't know if this is, um, if this will really work. Now, why, why do they do this in a bus and a tram? I mean, they say in the beginning of their paper, um, they make a good point. They say, you know, um, when it comes to contract tracing, when you're doing, um, you know, work colleagues and, and people who live together, you can do that with manual contact tracing. That usually works. Like people remember who they work with, right? Who they had meetings with. Um, now, added to that in restaurants, you know, have lists and stuff like that. But um, the big unknown is like commuting, right? You're in public transport, which is just anybody who has ever used public transport for a for commuting for a significant amount of time will tell you that it is just the number one um way to get sick you know during cold season or well, flu season or whatever and so these apps would be especially handy there because you know you're together with people that you don't know um that you won't remember so you can't manually there can't be manually contract ha- contact trace so if the app would work um that would be great sadly as we're kind of seeing um the apps don't really work in this or don't seem to work well in this important use case um just because of the way buses and trams are um 
are um, structured, you know, are, are built, the, the kind of environments they are. Um, they do suggest that maybe we need some like social rules, like we have to all hold our phones the same way now, which I find kind of ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> you have so many rules already. I mean, people are just already not following the rules that are there because it's just getting ridiculous. Um, interestingly, uh, I had mentioned here before that it's it's also important how phones are held. They have another paper on this. Uh, cue the obvious joke. Uh, you know, Steve Jobs was right. You're holding it wrong. Um, we report on pairwise measurements of the GAEN implementation and on how handset orientation can affect attenuation, we show that these measurements may imply a significant number of false negatives, even in an almost ideal situation, and where real control over the level of false negatives over the level of false negatives under the control of the GAEN, GAEN implementer and not of a public health authority. So, because uh, the Bluetooth measurements itself are the problem those that that's all handled by the api so the the health authorities or in the german case robert koch institute and um, they can't they have no they have no influence on that like they can't change anything even if they learn stuff about the virus they can't change anything because the underlying data they get from the operating system that's the problem now to sum this up it just you know it just seems like um it's the, it's the underlying premise of measuring uh, distance with Bluetooth is shaky. And they're not the only people saying this. Uh, there been tests done, I think, was it MIT? I think it was some group at MIT. They basically did, <laughs> interestingly, this is in lockdown, right? They had this thing where they basically tried, um, okay, let's, um, we have a simple setup. Basically, if you have Android, there is kind of a way to get the um, the raw attenuation data, you know, to basically measure there are tools out there that you can install that give you the same kind of um, reading that the app w would use, right? That the, the API would get. Um, and they were like, uh, oh, let's let's everybody just measure their real-life circumstances. Like, we're all in lockdown right now. Right? Let everybody just measure their living room, for example, right? Uh, so we, we, we have this test set up that everybody can... Uh, uh, Duplicate, so you put a phone here in the, in the middle of the room or something, and then you stand, you know, in a certain position away, and everybody's living room or kitchen or whatever will be different, so there will be, you know, um, it's just a different layout of the walls, and there will be different um, furniture and, and all this kind of stuff, and then they, you know, measure it in, in, in theory, because both phones are um, the same distance away, and are... Um, in the same orientation in all of these tests, there should be similar results, but they figured out it varies massively uh, depending on everybody's rooms. And then they figured out also that they did tests like withholding the phone and just turning around. It, it varies massively how your body is, um, you know, just different bodies um, change the attenuation and then, you know, um, holding the phone changes and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's really shaky, and as as these two researchers from Trinity um, College say, um, 
Quoting here from another of their papers, we, re we report on measurements of the Bluetooth LE received signal strength taken on mobile handsets in a variety of common real-world settings. In summary, we find that the Bluetooth LE, LE received signal strength can vary substantially depending on the relative orientation of handsets on absorption. <laughs> on absorption by the human body, reflection slash absorption of radio signals in buildings and trains. Indeed, we observed that received signal strength need not decrease with increasing distance. This suggests that the development of accurate methods for proximity detection based on Bluetooth LE received signal strength is likely to be challenging and time-consuming. Uh, in research uh, language, that means... Uh, <clears throat> It's gonna it's gonna take a long while. Um, it's probably possible, but it'll it'll take years probably. Um, and you know there are there are other problems like um, I, I put some um, some stories from from Heiser. Uh, they're all in German um, in the show notes in case you you can read German. You want to translate them? I recommend Deep L by the way. Uh, Deep L Lima uh, Deep L dot com. It's really good. Um, like machine learning powered um, translator works really well translating stuff from German to English. Um, and, you know, there's, this is just, um, I'm just going to summarize a little bit based on like this old German app, right? So there, there are other problems. Um, the way the app calculates, so there's, there's this warning in the German app, right? It says, oh, you've got low risk and then it's green. And then at some point it might go red and you have high risk or whatever. And the fact um, how they calculate that. Um, so if you had exposure to somebody who uh, has later tested positive and, con you know, it's a confirmed case, it's all this, it's very much guesswork. It's like, oh, was this on the fifth day, on the sixth day? And then, they, you know, they assume you're, you're most, or the other person was most, um, likely to infect you or um contagious at certain days um now as far as i my overview of the literature on this uh, sars-cov-2 virus goes um that is all not really researched or to be more specific there's been a lot of research done but it, the the results vary uh massively in some cases and we don't really know why um Maybe it's maybe it's the the way um thing you know the data the the data was collected, maybe the virus is changing um you know maybe it's uh, external factors in the environment we don't know um now the German app had other problems both on Android and on iOS um it wouldn't refresh in the background, so this is not the API but the app itself um so it wouldn't warn you. Because if you hadn't opened it on 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 a certain day, um, it wouldn't have gone and checked um, the data on the server for different reasons. Uh, in iOS, there was actually a bug in the scheduler that later they worked around, and Apple has still has to fix. Um, on Android, the problem seems to be that um, to save power, some device manufacturers would actually. Um, it changes in Android that um, dealt with apps differently than than Android uh, or Google actually recommended in the official uh, documentation. 
which you know is is a problem and that seems to be where that problem uh, had originated um then in germany there's a whole other problem which i can't remember if i talked about this before but a big criticism was um that one of the the you know uh, one of the selling points of the app would have been that people um so when you get the test that the lab can actually digitally in the app tell you that you're positive immediately instead of what they usually do send you a letter which can take up to two days to get to you and then that's two days that everybody that we knew basically were positive but you didn't know because the letter was in the mail and you can only then put that in the app and it warns everybody two days later or two late two days later than it should have warned it if the app would have just sent it to you uh digitally you know like you would assume uh, a digital app would and they just um there was just a story on heiser a few days ago that now in germany half of all labs can actually now do this digitally which is like after i don't know is it a month and a half that the app's out now or something it's just so when it started only very few um labs could actually do that and that's just like oh, it's just, uh, it's, just it's, it's hard to understand so you know aside from the um the actual distance measurement being a problem there's, there's still other problems of course um you know not only with the api but also with the app and i'm i'm i'm, I'm guessing other local apps will have other problems similar problems um still have you know people said i should look at the um irish app and i, I might do that at some point but i i think this um this episode kind of tells tells you what i kind of feel um at this moment i feel like these apps are not working and based on the api so it doesn't really matter if your local app is open source or not or whatever because um i think the premise this whole idea just fundamentally doesn't work um of course apple and google are saying they are working to fix this and they you know they've pushed fixes there's also they've also sourced components i've put links in the show notes to you know there's a code for the very reference verification server implementation code on android i think there's code for iris somewhere as well and then uh telemetry design uh examples and stuff like that so they're saying they'll fix it but i don't know it just so far the research seems to tell me that um it's just too many problems and it's going to just take ages and i'm I, i'm i'm doubting that it's uh, it's actually worth it but we'll see like these um you know um professor lay and uh, dr farrell are still they're working on this uh, there'll be more research um, I'm pretty sure they're currently looking at the code, poking at the API code since that was released. They haven't really published anything. And I've, I haven't seen an in-depth analysis yet, at least. Uh can be pretty sure that nobody has found anything really bad yet because I think that would have been published. So we'll we'll see. Also probably need some time to dig through. And uh, certainly beyond what I can what I can do right now. Um, so that's it kind of for the, you know, do these apps work from a general, um, I guess you would, you would, you would call it, um, uh, conceptual, uh, level. Um, I think 
my my feeling reading all of this um just thinking about it critically is no and then there of course um when you ask yourself do you want to install such an app there there are also other problems um that compound the fact that they really don't work or that i i think they don't work which is um privacy problems um when apple and google launched this they said it's all going to be fine so we're gonna we're gonna be really careful and you know we don't want to collect your data we want to you know make the world better um but these two um researchers uh Leif and Farrell have also published another paper recently which basically put them on the map a lot of their research before that wasn't really reported but this is um so if you're using I mean I've I've talked about this before if you're using Android um with one of these apps the um the API needs the Google Play services And even though Google specifically says um, and reiterates this in their recent blog post where they talk about how they want to improve things, they say, quote, the API doesn't use location data from your device and also, quote, your identity is not shared with Google, Apple or other users. Now, this seems to be wrong because um, these two researchers say, quoting from their paper, we find that the health authority client apps are generally well behaved from a privacy point of view. Although the privacy of the Irish po- and uh, the Irish, the Polish and Latvian apps could be improved. In marked contrast, we find that that the Google Play services component of these apps ex- is extremely troubling from a privacy viewpoint. And to explain what they did in this paper is they man in the middle the um, network connections from these apps and to the play store and which is you know why this research is often done on android um of course google being a more uh notorious privacy violator than apple is more in the spotlight but also it's easier to do on android you can uh root phones you can put some um uh, software on there that enables you to man in the middle this traffic and look at it um especially when we're dealing with uh, Apple and Google here. They use, of course, they you know, state-of-the-art use certificate pinning, and you know, um, you gotta get in between that uh, to kind of crack, um, you know, to read the network traffic. And on Android, there's like tools that can do that. They basically, I think they inject some code into the stack somewhere, and then they and then in the middle stuff, um, and they get around the certificate pinning. Uh, for the TLS, uh, you know, connection. Um, now, uh, continuing here, uh, from the, quoting from their paper, Google Play Services contacts Google servers roughly every 20 minutes, potentially allowing fine-grained location tracking via IP address. In addition, Google Play Services also shares the phone I, I, IMEI, so IME uh, hardware serial number, SIM serial number, handset phone number, and user email address with Google. 
together with fine-grained data on the apps running on the phone. This data collection is enabled simply by enabling Google Play services, even when all other Google services settings are disabled. It therefore appears to be unavoidable for users of the you know, API GAEN-based contact tracing apps on Android. This level of interest, so they go on. This level of intrusiveness seems incompatible with a recommendation for population-wide usage. It also seems incompatible with the following statement from Google. And they quote Google, we understand that this, we understand that the success of this approach depends on people feeling confident that their private information is protected. The exposure notification system was built with your privacy and security central to the design. Your identity is not shared with other users, Google or Apple. I mean, they share your email address. They know your email address. They know your SIM serial number, your IME number, uh, IMEI. They know everything about you, which we know. I mean, we know that, but it's still telling that, you know, these researchers basically caught them in a lie. Um, I'm sure Google and their vast PR department will be able to wiggle out of this. But, uh, you know, between you and me here... um, I mean, come on. That seems like they're, they're lying through their teeth. So uh, when people ask me, do you have this app installed? And I say no, and they look at me weird. I say, um, I'm not sure these apps work. And I'm not in the habit of installing apps that I don't know if they work. I don't want to be a guinea pig. Um I'm already early adopter with a lot of technology that should be enough. And um, if, you know, just um, show me some hard proof that this Bluetooth contact tracing shit actually works and then I'll consider it. Um, And then, you know, obviously privacy um, problems, you know, these these privacy, clear uh, privacy violations. And, you know, to be be honest here, I don't think, I mean, I use an iPhone, but I have no... um, illusions about this only being the case on Android. Um, I mean, nobody has caught Apple in doing the same thing here, but that could be A, because they're not doing it, or B, because it's just harder to catch them, um, because their system's more nailed down. And, you know, I'm not one of these people who are like, oh, no, Apple's not like Google, they don't collect your data, bullshit. You know, um, as I've said often before, if if they have any financial incentive... They'll be holding to their shareholders if, you know, even if they don't do so now, they might start any minute if this, if they have, if they need to, if they feel like they must, you know, um, I don't, I don't pin my, um, my hopes or my security on just like stuff like that. Um, and I don't care what the corporation says because you see here, Google says one thing, that's the other. I mean. Yeah, just just think about that. I don't want to tell anybody to not install these apps or to uninstall these apps. It's a very personal decision. I'm just trying to give you um, all the information. As always, um, if you have if you have other information, please tell me. I'm not saying you know I don't I don't have any pro- any information that these apps work. And then because I'm you know I don't know uh, because I know and I don't want to tell you or something. I don't know. I haven't seen any. If you have any, um, I'll be happy to look at it. Um, we can talk about it. We have a, we can have a discourse, and I can I can also do an episode on it if I th- if I feel like it's it's uh, warranted. 
So please write in if you have stuff like that. As always, contact details in the show notes, private show notes, private citizen press, either in the individual show notes under f- feedback or there's always a contact link at the footer that goes all everything goes to my blog fab.industries. And there are many ways um, that you are able to contact me on there, including um, anonymous ones. So please, if you have information, if you have other opinions, um, please consider sharing them with everybody. And with that, I, I want to quickly talk about, um, in episode 29, I had reported on, uh, in Germany, the, especially in Hamburg where I live, um, the police using these, um, it's here, here it's now mandatory or it's been for, for a long time. I've talked about that on the show as well. Um, and restaurants are now forced to have these lists and then they're, they're not allowed to, you know, serve you or let you in if you don't put your name and everything in the list. Of course, I can't force that you put your real name and real contact data in there, etc. I talked about this. Um, and then we had police using these to uh, start investigating crimes, especially, uh, I think, in Berlin, they were <laughs> trying to find people who take drugs or sell drugs. I don't know. Um, and then there were other people asking, why is this? How can this be? And uh so I saw uh, several people, uh, including some lawyers and people who know what they ha- what they're talking about, say um, this this is just this clear that this was going to happen um, because in Germany the police by law uh, is required to use all evidence they can legally lo- use. Um, that's just in the law, and if you think about it, that, makes sense. Um, that law is there um, to have due process so that the police doesn't really nearly exclude evidence. If they're like, okay, they want, you know, they think like this guy did it and then evidence turns up that he didn't, they, they you know, they can't just ignore that. Uh, makes sense. Now, uh, obviously, they can legally use this. Uh, and the reason is because nobody has said they can't. And so the problem here is once again, our politicians, um, something I've said from the very beginning, if we do things like this, we can just put them in, like have these policies and have these, like Germany, we call them Verordnungen. It's like policy, you know, it's not it's not law. Um, it's just standing orders um, from like your state, federal state government or whatever. In this case, like the Hamburg, you know, Senate, where they're like, yeah, you, you need to fill out these lists. And uh, yeah, what they didn't do is make a law that said the police can't use this. Could have easily done that. Well, easily. Making law isn't easy, which is why they didn't do it probably. But um, or you know, they never like to restrict police. Maybe that people who put the list and were like, yeah, that's going to happen. We're fine with this. Uh, we want the police to have that information. <sighs> it's always the same. But that's the reason why they do that. So they're well within, not even only the right, they actually have to do this. They're legally compelled to do it. <sighs> uh, meanwhile, of course, there's now all these stalker, stalker stories um, cropping up. <laughs> Basically, um, you know, people working at the restaurant, just, oh, oh, that's a cute chick. Oh, let's see. She's just signing in and then look at the list. Oh, now I've got a phone number. I can start WhatsApping her. And stuff like that. And with more and more stories like this cropping up. Um, also in hindsight, obviously, uh, completely uh, clear, uh, you know, inevitable that that was going to happen. Because people are people. And uh, with that, that's basically all the content I wanted to tell you about. Um, 
so I forgot that I played I didn't I forgot to play this jingle at the beginning so I play you out with this so this was our um our corona content for now again thanks to the great no agenda show uh, no agenda show.com i think they also have dot net um for this jingle uh which their producers produce for them and i'm just stealing and um yeah i had started on uh on what was this i think episode 11 yeah episode 11 i had um this thing which i called off the grid which you know is also stolen from no agenda although they um, mean something uh, a bit different uh, when they talk about it. I mean, generally, when people speak about off the grid, they mean, you know, getting off the power grid, right? Living in a, uh, or like, you know, self, self-reliance, self farming your own food and stuff like that. Um, and for No Agenda, it's also, it's about getting rid of tracking, but also uh, not being, using apps that much and being distracted by apps. I don't really like that part of it. Um, I don't want to get into that. I am, for myself, have recently tried to use uh, my smartphone less and, you know, spent more time being there in a moment. But I feel like smartphones are are very powerful tools and we shouldn't... Like, I don't want to tell people uh, when they when they should use them or whatever. And, you know, I, did, I think that's that's personal. That's such a personal decision i don't want to get involved in that on the show so for me off the grid kind of means uh this of the surveillance surveillance grid and with that you know just get it while i'm while i'm there stealing their jingles this one this one's great as well that is this is the uh you know it's a modified one but this is the jingle no agenda uses for the uh, otg of the grid of the grid uh segment which features john c dvorak's voice because he's kind of like the otg original otg guy otg going otg i'm an otg kind of guy I can't believe all this mess happened in Iowa because of an app. Hey! I'm an OTG guy. I have an idea for an app. It's called no app. No apps, no computers, no gadgets, no gizmos. I think that, um, <laughs> again, a uh, great jingle. Well, my, <coughs> my allergies are really haunting me today. Um, yeah, great jingle once again. Um, that kind of explains it, right? I mean, for me, OTG, I, I don't, I, well, I don't really want, in, want no apps, but for me, it means being off the surveillance grid, and I'd originally talked about this uh, in that in that episode because I I'm talking on this show about like all these apps that are problems and you know they're tracking you and um and that's all problems. But I also want to talk about solutions. Now the problem is I don't really have that many solutions. And in the original episode I've linked it in the show notes. Maybe be worth going back if you haven't listened to it. Episode eleven. Uh, maybe get some ideas. Um, I, I started some ideas, but um, n- nothing never, you know, really came of that. Also, the show was pretty new back then. People weren't as engaged, weren't writing in. I hadn't like you know trained you guys to uh, to really you know think for yourself and you know get off your ass and write in, which I 
it's happening more and more and i really like i always say you know it's really important to me and it's it's an important part of doing this show uh, it's something that i really like uh, doing podcasts that i've missed with some other podcasts i've done uh, but one thing that was always uh you know the first my first real po- you know the podcast most people know me from is was linux outlaws uh with dan lynch uh, we did together, and uh, Dan actually started this. He was he was over. He had a fable for. Yeah, I was kind of show notes guy. I was into show notes, and Dan was like, "We, we I want to have a discussion with the listeners. I want feedback." And we always had huge feedback segments, and you know, we discussed stuff back and forth with the listeners, and I really enjoyed that. So I'm kind of trying to take get this going with this show, you know, and um, it's 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 happening now. And um, so what I'm what I'm gonna do is uh, so next week there won't be an episode. So you got some time. <laughs> I know this is not how it works. You might be listening to this years later, you know, but just, let's just ignore that for the moment. I'm going to give you some homework for next week, uh, which it's not really homework. You don't have to do it, but I'd, I'd be grateful. Uh, if you just, you know, sit down for a moment and think about the apps you use, the apps I've, I've talked about on this uh, show, other stuff you know, and, you know, how we could just minimize stuff, you know, how we could, for example, minimize using uh, Google Maps. Because I have an iPhone, I I have Google Maps installed on it because it's a really good mapping, it's a good, it's a good, good tool for finding shit, you know, find good restaurants, stuff like that. And I want to get away from it because if I could uninstall it, then, you know, this would be one less huge tentacle of Googles up my ass, you know. Um, and... I'm trying to find alternatives to this kind of stuff. And that's what my OTG kind of subject, uh, you know, maybe OTG segment uh, is going to be. Um, I want to do this once in a while on the show. And so if you have ideas, please think about it and maybe just help out and, you know, write in. So maybe we can come up with some sort of system or, you know, documentation maybe or, um, yeah, maybe some guidelines or something, I don't know, stuff that maybe we can just brainstorm some stuff, right? Stuff that helps us all. We can get together and we can all get some solutions because I'm I'm sick of just talking about problems. That's what a lot of my job is about. Um, as a news journalist, as a reporter, you're always talking about problems. I also want to talk about solutions. So if you have an idea, please get in contact, privatecitizen.press. Uh, I've said it before. And, you know, if you have ideas, just... Just throw them at the wall and don't be afraid uh, if you think they're silly. Maybe you have, maybe you just have an app that you're like, oh, I really like using this app and I use this because I, you know, this ha- helped me get, I had this use case and this app helped me get use, get rid of that. Or maybe, you know, there's different solutions. So um, uh, Adam Curry on No Agenda has like this completely different thing where he just wants to get off the smartphone altogether and he just has a like a dumb flip phone um that basically doesn't do anything and like the vorex solution apparently is to turn his phone off put it in a drawer and never take it with him and then his solution to oh i need to find something on google is he's like okay there will always be the millennial around i'll just go oh uh can you just find this out quickly for me and then like three millennials pull out their phones um <laughs> which maybe only works if you don't see the vorex uh I don't know, but uh, you know, maybe it's stuff like that. Maybe we can, maybe we can find something. I don't know. 
I just thought I'd, I'd put this call out again. And this OTG stuff is important to me. And because the jingle is so great, uh, I'm playing us out with this uh, once again. Stolen, let's say lifted from uh, No Agenda. OTG going OTG. I'm an OTG kind of guy. I can't believe all this mess happened in Iowa because of an app. Hey, I'm an OTG kind of guy. I have an idea for an app. It's called No App. No apps, no computers, no gadgets, no gizmos. <laughs> Man. And speaking of feedback, I had some great feedback. Um, so on, on the previous episode where I talked about uh, socialism, um, unsurprisingly, I have some feedback from Russia. Yevgeny Guznetsov says, uh, he wrote this whole thing, which I'm going to read out completely because I really liked it. Uh, thank you, man. I think you did an awesome job of laying it all out. Um, speaking of, you know, socialism uh definitely appreciated in the in the world where nobody seems to know or care what exactly the terms mean any longer i hear you man that that is aggravating isn't it i think your concept of socialism as an artificial religion is awesome and i'm definitely using it next time i get involved in a social economical discussion be aware i might have stolen that from somebody i don't know um but it sounds like something i wouldn't have come up with (laughs) Sounds like something some some maybe one of my professors would have said. I don't know. Maybe it's from some textbook, uh, some some book on the topic. I don't know. Just just saying. Um, it's actually a very interesting thing, albeit maybe outside the scope of the private citizen. And I think you made a very important point. Yeah, it's generally a bit out, outside of the scope, but I like doing that sometimes as well. Um, did, we did that on LO as well. Um, you know, just talking about stuff that we seem thought was important. Even if it wasn't Linux or something. Uh, while it's obvious capitalism is failing, as evidenced by negative interest rates that simply make no sense in capitalism, and it can hardly work in the economy where the cost of developing a product is huge, while the cost of making multiple copies of it is relatively low, as in 3D printing, or approaches zero, as in software developing, many people development, many people, even those who actually read Marx, fail to understand that the very notion of socialism is what comes after capitalism, the same way capitalism is what comes after feudalism that's a quote uh, it's just a wild albeit educated guess by marx and followers not a scientific fact yeah i, I agree with you on that um i don't know about the uh negative interest rates making no sense uh, i mean there's this whole thing called modern mon- monetary theory which i don't understand i can't wrap my brain around where you're basically uh printing money uh, but it doesn't lead to in- inflation i don't know why that is but the U.S. seems to be doing it. It seems to be working. Maybe it's going to burst at some point. Maybe it's because money doesn't really exist anymore. And it's not just numbers in a computer. I don't know. Um, I don't know on the 3D printing because often, like our system right now, um, our say real world situation of capitalism basically uh, is based a lot of brands and their reputation. So the fact that you just can copy something um, is not necessarily... Um, destroying their business um you know we have this we value innovation and stuff like that i don't know if, what how, how that's going to be in future um you're definitely right it's hard in software development but you know we we have intellectual property laws and stuff like, uh, like that even though you know the term intellectual property is stupid but um for stuff like that but um yeah i i'm i'm not sure 
all of that means capital uh, capitalism is going maybe it's just changing maybe there will be a different kind of capitalism but you know capitalism in if you boil it down really um it's just markets right it's uh different implementations in different countries how free these markets are but you know even in china it's self-confessed com self-proclaimed uh, communist country pretty much um controlled capitalism by now i mean the, 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 the basic point is just supply and demand and markets and that's just uh i feel like that's something that works um i mean even in feudalism you had that right i mean you could argue that that was like an early form of capitalism um i don't know i mean the the part that marx especially criticized and why it's called capitalism is this whole capital thing where you have people that don't own anything but they well they don't produce anything but they just own stuff you know the stock market and stuff like that and um i don't know with the digital economy i feel like it's going more in that direction and that's i don't know maybe yeah maybe it's outside the scope maybe maybe we should all uh, have a meet up when uh, when these things are allowed again and just sit in a bar uh, smoke a cigar uh, drink some scotch and um, discuss this because that seems to be a topic that would be best discussed in that uh, venue um, anyway Evgeny goes on in many ways the Soviet propaganda was based on this very concept as the technology evolves capitalism is no longer the optimal system and will have to be replaced by socialism just like capitalism itself replaced feudalism so we should practice socialism right away because it's inevitably coming one way or another and communism comes next but that's still in the future the obvious fallacy here is that we don't really know uh, for sure socialism comes next after capitalism and even if that's so we don't really know for sure what socialism really looks like you did a great job of outlining just that so thank you again yeah i completely agree obviously it was propaganda right the reason the soviet regime uh was a socialist regime i mean that that was just to be honest they basically proved their whole point of you know one thing i didn't go into so much i think in the previous episode is like this notion of class warfare which is the whole point in socialism and which you know marks whole theories based around i think that that part of the theory is pretty true and it's um and they really actually proved that that because in the soviet union the leadership you know the intelligent intelligentsia as they call it like the leadership cadre the party uh the apparatchiks um they were their own class right they built their own class they hated the bourgeoisie and they worshipped the worker but they had this whole class where basically those guys were in power and they had special privileges and stuff and the whole thing was just you know the whole uh yeah we're building socialism was just like a a, a way for them to be in power um it's kind of just like the um it's it's it, it you know it's more more extreme in, in, in this example, but, you know, the NSDAP was the socialist, they called themselves the socialist party, right? And they, they, they weren't socialists at all, but it was just a way um, to say you are something to keep in power. And I think that's pretty much the same way. Anyway, Yevgeny uh, closes with a best of luck with your vacation trip and looking forward to the new episode. Well, you got one more here, and yes, uh, I'll be back Uh hopefully relaxed um I'm, i think my body will be tired but uh you know previous years of motorbike tours um experiences shows that my body will be completely shot but my 
my mind will be just really relaxed because I'm just riding for eight hours a day, just riding and taking in the landscape. And it's so beautiful. Um, Fadi Mansour also uh, wrote me, he mirrored a lot of these sentiments uh, that uh, Yevgeny uh, expressed. And he really also liked, said he did like that episode. So I think that's a good sign. I like that. And then also I had an email from Frank who, uh, We are basically uh, continuing the discussion we had in episode 33. And uh, Frank says, uh, first, I would like to say how much I enjoy interacting with you like this. It really does add a lot to the listening experience. The show is so much more fun when we, the listeners have a part in it. And I thank you for that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's why I call them producers. I also stole that from Low Gender. You know, it's just, I tried to steal the best that's podcasting for me. I listen to shows and I pick up stuff from everywhere. And um, I think that's... Uh, You know, as Jono would call it, uh, Jono Bacon X, like radio, you know, community, community, community. Um, it's all the same. It's all different ways of saying, you know, this this interaction is really important. And I, I feel like this is this is what makes podcasts in a way, because for me, pod, real podcasts are still like a grassroots movement. So people like me doing them in their, you know, in their office or whatever. And uh, they actually listen to their uh, the people who listen. Like, they actually read the emails. They're not like, you know, big TV shows. And, you know, they, they might have podcasts as well, big radio shows. But um, those people that actually listen, read the emails and listen to their listeners, or in this case, producers. Um, yeah, it's, that's a real deal. And uh, I, I, you know, as a listener of other podcasts, I like interacting with people there you know with the hosts and if that works i i appreciate that so that's why um i try to do it with my own stuff we'll see how it works as long you know as it scales but maybe you know i have this hope that um as the the listenership scales like the 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 producers who pitch in and you know throw me money on on patreon and, and paypal once in a while uh also grows and then I, i i need more time to prepare all this and have this dialogue but then i'll have i'll get you know i get compensated for that so maybe that maybe that works we'll see um frank continues please understand my intention wasn't to imply that your show needs to be completely free my intent was to point out so we're, we're talking about another podcast um and you know how they you know with just funding models of podcasts and stuff yeah frank raised some stuff uh, my intent was to point out there's no other show that gives to its listeners just like you're giving to you as well kind of no agenda does that i kind of um you know stole it from the they have a different i have a i have a different way of going about it it's kind of like a bit of the no agenda model mixed with the linux outlaws model uh mixed with some other podcasts i listened to over the years um, Gary Collins starts out saying how he doesn't plan to have any ads, but it looks at some point in the near future there may be select few that he approves of. So that goes way beyond the free voluntary model you're doing. It's going to capitulate and have ads. Ugh. You truly are giving to your listeners and it's a lot of work. I do recognize that. I think at some point you're going to be a successful author with a great book and good message. Keep going. Well, I hope, um, but even not, I'll try to keep podcasting, even if that book never... Uh, never finished that because I'm podcasting too much <coughs> uh, or oh, nobody reads it. Yeah, so that that's the, um, you know, I mean, I keep saying you know, gender a lot, but it kind of owe them, owe the guys a lot. Um, so this this what they call the value for value model. And I think, it, I do think it's the only way. I mean, it's basically listener supported content, right? I think it's the only way. Um, 
you you cannot go oh i have some ads right or like if you say i will not i will not have any ads you have to stick to it and by god i will stick to it with this show so so the private citizen will have no ads and that the downside is that if 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 i can make it work if it's too much work and i need to do other stuff this show will die right if if people don't pitch in i'm i'm not threatening you please understand this correctly but it's just a fact then this show will die um but i refuse to go and capitulate as 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 frank puts it and and put ads in because i don't want that i don't want that i that's i have principles and i'll i'll you know i'd rather see this show die than 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 turn around and just put some ads for some weird mattresses or what the advertising podcast these days in because i don't want that it's not like <laughs> i feel like it's dirty money or i find advertising itself bad i don't find advertising bad like you know i regularly discover things via advertising if advertising is done well um, especially like one of my big gripes with targeted advertising is like they're all tracking you right and then they can't even advertise they can't even target you correctly if they could actually target me correctly i wouldn't mind so much but like they facebook and amazon they have all this data about me but they can't fucking use it they're too dumb to use it and it's not hard like Amazon keeps recommending albums that I have bought, that they know I've bought. Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, who? And I've I've grabbed about this like five years ago, or almost ten now, and it's probably ten, and it's still going on. Like these fuckers can't fucking sort that shit out. So that's my problem with it. And the other problem, well, that's I, I don't know. I don't have a problem with ads by by itself. The problem is the tracking. Which obviously on a pre, on a on a privacy show I don't want to do, and then you know basically the 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 ad value goes into currently is worth nothing if you don't track people, and you know send your advertisers data uh, about your listeners in this case, um, so I don't I don't want to do that. And then the the other part is just it's I will if I do that I lose my independence. Um, because in this age of, uh, as, as I call it, uh, the, the, go back to Bismarck, the new Kulturkampf, so this cancel culture movement, you know, people calling for people's heads. You know, I, I will invariably say something people don't like, probably about socialism, and then these people will... Right now, they can't, they can't threaten me, right? Because you guys, if you pitch in, if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, you're like, ah, oh, I like what Fab's doing, I'm going to kick him five dollars a month and then some fucking bonehead comes along and goes oh he's just saying you can't support him you're like no i like the show fuck off um whereas if i advertise a supporter they go to the advertiser like oh you said this thing about hitler he used hitler do you want your product associated with and bang you know advertising gets pulled and then i need to censor myself because i want to keep you know because then my livelihood depends on no i don't want, i don't want all of that so give me freedom or give me death with this podcast i say <clears throat> anyway uh, frank continues um and i've 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 uh, um I've edited this email a bit. I cut out some stuff for brevity. I hope that's okay. I, I, I do that. I reserve that right right to do that. If I if I edit something wrong or if I just like, you know, 
shorten something you ever said and you're like oh no i didn't mean that just write in again and we'll we'll get sorted out <laughs> um I'll, i'm not above uh publishing uh corrections uh as for the american dream american trap thing this doesn't apply to america it doesn't only apply to america pretty sure this is happening everywhere so this is another topic where we talked about financial uh, independence stuff like that uh people just want to be in control of their lives but they are very real economic shackles and quite a bit of control is given up simply by the choices we collectively make here in texas right now we have long lines of expensive cars and trucks in food lines getting handouts many of these people are driving forty-five thousand dollar vehicles um, are now without a livelihood and in a food line they may have the look of wealth but because of personal choice soon may not even have a place to live in very short order i'm amazed to see how close to the uh to the margin most of america is the majority of people in the u.s do not have any personal savings hence no staying power in a time of need we are experiencing it right now people are losing their asses and don't have to a pot to piss in a lot of this can be avoided simply by having a plan and living within their means um i can understand where you're coming from i feel a bit different but you know i'm european i've grown up in a social welfare state and we have this, so if you're my age, if you grew up in the 80s in Germany and maybe in Sweden, uh, places like that, you know, you, you have this understanding because that's what we always promised, that we are a welfare, welfare state and that there are protections in place, that if you use, use your job, you get unemployment money. You know, if you get hurt on your job and you can't work anymore, you get, you get money, um, all this kind of stuff. Which is a different approach, which I inherently do not find. I'm used to it. So I, I, I find I probably preferred to what's going on in Texas. But being in Texas has other benefits. Um, uh, you know, but it's just it's just a different way of thinking. One one thing I want I would like to point out is that. I don't think it's so much about choice as you think. Um, to to put my personal perspective on this, to to um, underline what I'm saying with personal experience. So I I got out of this rut. I got out of this nine to five thing. I was like, this this work isn't getting me anywhere. I'm not doing what I want to do. Uh, I'm just doing nonsense uh, administrative stuff instead of doing what I want to be. I don't want to work for these jamokes anymore. Right? I'm I'm quitting. But the reason I, the only reason I could do that, and the only reason I'm a freelance uh, journalist right now is because I live with my wife, well, in this case, my wife, but she didn't have to be my wife. I have a partner, and my partner has a stable income because she's employed. And that's the only reason I can make this work. Because I have lean months now. I have had months with zero income. Um, and I mean, yes, you have personal, you have savings and stuff, but you know, my current income is so unpredictable that if we didn't have a fixed income somehow, maybe, you know, I could have bought like real estate or something or whatever, right? I, I just need a fixed income, right? If I had, if I'd written a book back in the day and had some book royalties coming in or whatever, you know, you need something like this. So it's not, it's not always within your own means right i'm i'm i can do this because i have my wife and i'm very grateful for that and then to stay with my wife so and another example so my wife 
um, is a researcher. She's a she's a bi- she's a cell biologist um, working in a hospital, but she's not a she's a doctor, but she's a PhD, right? Like biologists are not medical doctors usually, um, so she's not um, a doctor. She's not practicing as a doctor. She's a researcher. She's like basically attached to the, you know, she's working with some doctors here in Germany. Often doctors uh, will do some some time where they, they do research and she's she's organizing that she's running a labor, a laboratory she's doing the research work um and we figured out a while ago um you know she always has the option of going into the pharmaceutical industry like if with her background she she go to a pharma company and she could do r&d there or she could you know test uh, drugs for example or you know do drug r&d or uh project management and stuff like that and you know she figured out just not what she wants to do and I respect that very much because she's a very um um she, <sighs> I don't you know it's as hard how to say that she she it's it sounds it sounds weird and it sounds like a cliche but she she wants to help people she doesn't you know, she doesn't want to be she doesn't she doesn't want to climb some career ladder or but she doesn't want to make some certain amount of money or get a certain car or, you know, we don't want to buy a house. She, she she wants to do what she loves doing, which is science. And in the current situation in Germany, it's, it's probably the same everywhere else. I know it's probably the same. I would say it's the same in the U.S., the only way you can actually do actual like real research where you're researching what you want to research and what you think in your field's gonna um the you know help people instead of just make money is is you're at the university you're you're um you know this this doesn't happen at, at a company at a company people tell you you have to research this because it'll make us x money yes sometimes they do research on the side but like realistically the only way you can do this is at the university in any way the only way she could do what she wants to do even if she went to a pharmaceutical in a company is in an employment job right you can't you can't do cell biology research from your home office Right, you need an S two, uh, you know, a BSL two, BSL three uh, lab. Right, you need, you need equipment. Right, there's equipment that costs millions of euros uh, that you need to u- use. You need to work with other people. Um, you can't do this on your own. Right, there, there's there's like all this kind of stuff. So there are. This is just one example, but I feel like there's probably lots of um, career paths where this is true. Um, where this, where you have no other alternatives, you can't go into business for yourself if you really want to do that. And I feel that is a factor, you know, I hadn't talked about that in the last episode, but that's a factor of modern capitalism. You know, if socialism would work, it would kind of be the same way. Um, it would enable people uh, to do certain stuff because they depend on other people, right? You can only be a cell biologist in a, um in a society where there's 
job sharing, right? Where there's where, where there's task sharing. Um, you know, if everybody was doing like if this was still like the 1900s or 1800s and everybody was doing just one thing, you know, I I'm, I'm, I make shoes because I'm, I can or I make built guitars because I can build the whole guitar myself, right? I don't need somebody else to 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 share like a task, right? You, you can't do research on the level that we are doing. Like you can't build a rocket that goes to Mars or cure cancer or AIDS or anything like that on your own. Like you need hundreds, maybe thousands of people around the world doing things and working together. And, you know, the way we're powering this right now is capitalism. And what you see as like, you know, the, the American trap or, you know, the red race or something also has positive effects. And I do respect you for wanting or for, for being able to break out of that. And, you know, I myself am, am trying to do that, obviously. Um, but I would caution against thinking that it is just that. It is just a trap and the solution for everybody is, is, is to break out. The downside to all of that is, of course, you have companies like companies are full of like these middle managers who really do nothing. Right. Where I was in a, in a publishing company and I was actually writing articles and there were people making the websites and there were people making videos and it, there were even people, um, sorting out the ads, right? This is all value jobs that you need to do. But there's this whole class of people in the company that just manage each other. And that was just more publishing company. It's even if you talk to people actually work in a pharmaceutical company or something like that, or in a bank, you just talk to people who work in a bank. There are whole, uh, in one company, there are hundreds of people who don't actually do anything. They don't actually contribute to the product or whatever you're doing. They're just managing each other. And uh, that's, you know, that's a downside. Um, but, you know, it's, communism had that too. Like, the, the, those were the apparatchiks in the Soviet Union. I mean, they were just basically the, the machine. The machine powered itself. There was so much bureaucracy. And to some degree, we have that in Germany in a in a capitalist state you know when it, when it comes to the state itself like this bureaucracy where you, there's people who are basically just uh, i don't know what they're doing but they're just there's just one people one group of people making forms that other people fill out and you could you could just do away with all of them right it would still work like you wouldn't lose anything Anyway, enough rants. Frank goes on to explain how he started using an Apple IIe back in the day uh, to plot his own finances and he used to take, just look at stuff and work stuff out and take financial control of his life and I find that that's great. I mean, that's, you know, something I really aspire to. Um, I'm just cautioning and just saying maybe it's just not everybody can do that. Um, Frank then uh, closes with a private citizen who is in control of their own life will have a plan. Sadly, most America does not. A big part of personal freedom comes from taking responsibility for ourselves and moving our own lives forward. Unfortunately, many in America think it's the job of the government to do this for them. This is one of the biggest mistakes made of us in the United Many of us in the United States are making. Well, basically, um, from a German perspective, I feel like, yes, that is actually, um, I feel like that is the job of the government. That That is what our government is supposed to do. In our system, there is supposed to be a 
security blanket that catches you, you know, because of capitalism, because of all this shit, if they just fire you, there's a security blanket and you will be never, um, if all goes like we want it to go, you will never be uh, out of housing, you will never be out of food. And I personally think that's okay, right? My My problem with this whole pandemic situation is that because of some silly fears that were not founded in in reality uh we now destroyed a large part of our economy or put ourselves in debt in a way that we will have problems you know 10 20 years down the road i mean this this whole welfare state only works if there are companies who you know it's 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 fed by taxes right if that people this whole um basically bailing out people that had shit happen to them um, only works if you have enough people who are actually making money and are paying taxes. And when I when I am making money, you know, I might be uh, whinging about the taxes as a freelancer because I really think if you're self-employed in Germany that the amount of taxes and all that stuff is, is, is not fair. But with all that in mind... Um, Yes, I don't really mind paying my taxes because I know that's what what they are for, right? And I know that when I'm old and I need help, you know, and I need to be cared for because I don't have any kids and stuff like that, that's what I pay taxes for. I have a problem when when that doesn't work. Um and I generally think the system it works. I mean, we we have we have it working in Germany. Um it's it's get, it's going down a Uh, you can watch it go downhill uh, pretty much since the beginning of the 90s, but that's because of, you know, bad decisions and corruptions and all the shit that happened in the US as well with with another system. Um, I don't think the system itself is, is, is flawed, but there are problems. And if you go and go like, oh my God, we're all going to die. Everybody needs to wear masks. We need to shut the economy down um, because old people will die. Yes, to be blunt, yes, they will die. But... You know, if we do that, we have a huge downside. We fuck ourselves. We fuck our economy. We uh, we create debt that we might not be able to recover from. And then we are paying 20 years later when we get old. Oh, yeah, we survived. But, you know, suddenly we don't get any pension anymore. Or, you know, it's... And I know, yes, there is always the argument, yeah, but the real problem is the bankers and all the rich people that are scamming the system. And, yeah, that's uh, that's an argument. But still, also... Um, the the problem with this system, the downside is like this: we, we're sliding into the safety first uh, society, you know, where safety is the most important thing and stuff. But you know, to uh, to contrast that, you have a very different system in the US. But you know, you're, you're implementing the same shit, and you shut your economy down, and you have the, the system, the problems you described. So we all have problems, um, and I, I don't think it's bad that there are different systems, you know. I feel like if you if you if you're getting fed up with how it's working in in Germany, you can you can move to the US. Or if you wanna, I've, I I'm I'm completely I I think think that should be an option, right? I feel like okay, if you feel like the American government should be a welfare state and really all the majority of Americans don't see it that way, just move to Europe, right? Why not? You know, we have welfare states here, and you can you can you can become a citizen, and you you include it. And I think that's that's the way it should be. 
Problem is, it's going all the other way around because we're now all closing all the borders and now foreign people are evil and they, they bring the virus and it's nothing's getting better. <laughs> anyway, uh, Frank closes. Enjoy your motorcycle trip and I'll look forward to hearing from you and continue this dialogue going forward. Me too, please. Please, if you have thoughts, let's continue this. Uh, to, to me, you are a celebrity and I'm honored to participate with you in this discourse. Well, you don't need to be honored. I'm just a guy. I'm certainly not a celebrity. Nobody fucking knows my name. You know, once in a while I had people, oh, hey, on the streets, hey, I recognize your voice. Um, but generally not because most of the people who listen to this podcast are somewhere else where, where, where they speak English and not the German. So I kind of avoid that mostly. Um, I had that happen more when I, you know, did a video podcast for Heiser and it was in Germany and stuff. Then people just recognized me as well. Um, but no, I'm not a celebrity. Maybe if my book takes off, I will be at some point. But uh, certainly don't be honored. Uh, you're a producer of the show. Um, you're an important part of it. This is, you know, I might as well do this whole spiel now. I will say this. It's the value for value model. Um, I The only thing I ask is you get this show for free. You download it, do with it whatever you want. Um, the only thing I ask is think about you know, what, what did I get from that? And if you did get something from it, then you're like, you know, how can I give a little bit back? And you don't have to give money. You can give your opinion. You give me some information. It doesn't have to be, you know, you can write, put in the email. Don't, and um, people do this regularly. You know, don't read this out on the show. Don't mention my name. I just want to tell you something. Um, fair enough. That's value as well. Um, or, or you can use, you know, yeah, if you want to do that, you can contact me. Contact links are everywhere. Uh, private citizen that press. Um, if you go to producer feedback, this one at the bottom. And this one at the bottom of the page uh, goes to my blog, fab.industry slash contact. Many ways to contact me. Please uh, tell me what you think. And um, you can also, you know, there's a little section called toss a coin to your podcaster. Toss a coin to your podcast, oh, Valley of Plenty. Yeah, my singing doesn't get better when I have hay fever. <laughs> uh, so you can join the Patreon, which uh, I, 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 I hear and uh, now it shows you the VAT. So you're not paying like $1 a month. You're paying that. To me, it tells, tells me 116. This is because there's VAT in Germany. And this is actually a very handy thing for me. Uh, because I do have, I have to do all my taxes, obviously, because I'm a freelancer. But uh, actually, I like Patreon. You know, there are issues with Patreon and many people don't like it and whatever. Uh, but they're good for one thing. One thing, they're especially good. They know about taxes and they they are very diligent. So what they actually do is they collect this money. They know I'm in Germany. They know I have to pay VAT. They know my tax ID. And when you're paying, you pay a little bit extra now. Um, it actually shows you on the on the tier thing now, which I think is great. And they take care of that. They pay the taxes for me, and I don't have to care. I just get the money, and I'm happy. And the tax people are happy, and we should all be happy. So if you want to do that, want to become a patron, uh, it's a, a patron on Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash fabsh, F-A-B-S-H, Foxhot, Alpha Bravo, Sierra Hotel. Or obviously there's a link in the show. It looks like a button. It's not really a button. Uh, so it doesn't track you. Uh, if you don't click on it, Patreon doesn't know you're there. Um, and you can also send me one-off uh, contributions via PayPal. Uh, the email address is producers at fab.industries. Yes, long TLD, but it works. 
producers at fab.industries. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, yeah. If somebody, once again, if somebody has any, you know, if you ever figure out uh, a more, a better way, uh, maybe a more um, private way, a maybe an anonymous way to send me money, short of Bitcoin, because I will, want, will never touch that again, really. I can't be trusted with Bitcoin. If I could be trusted with Bitcoin, I would be, a mil literally, I would be a millionaire right now. And that's not even a joke. So let's not talk about this. It's a hurtful subject. Um, anything like some some service. I mean, no agenda does they you know they mail them checks. I mean, I do have a PO box. It's actually on the contact details on my blog, but I don't even know how to cash a check. I mean, you could mail me one. We'll 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 figure it out together. Uh, maybe I record myself at the bank trying to check the cash. Uh, cash cash the checks. See, I don't even know how that works. Um, no, I don't know. Anyway, um, so you can do that, or you can just, you know, write me, which is also great. Some people, uh, you know, somebody said, uh, yeah, on the Fatty verse there, um, that, you know, it seems like, I don't know, there will be no open discussion of ideas, um, and there, there, I don't understand that. I mean, you've got the email address, you can, you can write in, uh, people who listen to the show regularly will realize that I'm not, um, censoring on like oh god this guy has a completely opposite opinion of me right I, I don't do that i find it even more interesting that happens um i have to i'd have to censor very few things like i, I obviously i'm beholden to law and i'm in germany so if you send in some weird neo-nazi bullshit i can, can actually cannot air that um otherwise actually the uh, our equivalent of, of the fbi will be um investigating and it will be painful i've seen this i've worked at an isp i know how this goes i don't want to be on that uh, on that page so um no i will not do that but if i'm not if there's no law um you know i will probably probably will at least you know some some things also i probably wouldn't want to put on the show but I'll probably answer you, you know, I'll probably have an email discussion, I'll probably tell you. Um, also, of course, there's uh, anonymous ways to contact me. Um, you can also always put in, you know, don't mention my name or call me this or whatever. I'm completely f free to do that. Uh, I will protect my sources if you want to tell me something off the record. Um, totally happy to do that. Anyway, that's enough. Let's get out of here. I need to, I need to pack stuff because... Uh, uh, in two days, I'll be I'll be hitting the road and I'll be um, crossing Denmark. And if everything goes according to plan and they let us in, I'll be in Norway and I'll I'll be riding around the fjords. And uh, to quote the the, the expanse, uh, if we don't die, that'll be interesting. <laughs> if I don't die, which I, I don't plan to do, I always ride very relaxed and. Uh, Try to be careful. Then I'll be back. Uh, probably um, not next week, but probably, you know, I'm, I'm aiming for the 26th. That'll be the regular Wednesday. I'm aiming to be back up and running. Um, I actually come back on the Monday, I think. And then I need at least one day where I'm just lying. I've, I've you know, we did uh, the Pyrenees. We, this is always dead in me, right? We did the Pyrenees. Uh, we did the Western Alps. We did the Eastern Alps. We did all of Scotland. Uh, yeah, those were our previous uh, tours. 
I went to Sweden for uh, Summit Nightmare, but uh, that wasn't there. And we always do this it's about a week, and it's like tours with my dad, motorbike tours with my dad are eight to ten hours on the bike. And I have hands like, you know, like Ron Perlman in Sons of Anarchy after that. It's like shaking, and I'm just like a physical wreck. So I need a day. I know that day I'll just lie on the couch and watch some probably hell on wheels <laughs> um if i don't get through it beforehand yeah so uh but after that I'll, I'll plan to be back with a regular show until then i'll you know send me the feedback i'll collect it if it's a lot maybe if people send stuff in for the otg homework so to speak maybe we'll do an episode where that's just feedback we'll see um anyway thanks for listening um thanks for being part of this um i appreciate it very much as much as you appreciate the dialogue, um, I appreciate you guys and gals and diverse people of whatever species uh, or alien race listening to this. You know, if we're beaming this into space, maybe some somebody is, is somebody with six eyes is listening to this. Um, I appreciate it very much uh, and I feel uh, very happy. I just love doing podcasts. I love doing this shit, even though I'm dragged out of my brain on uh, anti-hay fever mats and I'm now almost finished this bottle of Jim Beam mm. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to the next show until then um, let's let's credit everybody that needs to be credited who um, participated we already had the people who wrote in uh, credited those I'd like to say thanks to Raul Cabezali who wrote the song acoustic roots which is the theme tune to this podcast which i love and then bitemark at bitemark.co.uk which is a uk cloud hoster this is as close as i ever get to advertising um ages ago linux outlaws timeline they gave us uh servers um for free which i'm just basically they gave, gave them to me for free and I, I put all the audio files on there and i continue to do that and I, of course, credit them for that. And I appreciate it very much because this enables me to um, have a solution where you can just download the audio files. They come to you very quickly um, in the quality I want. Um, I can control everything. I'm not tracking you. Um, the only thing this server saves is IP addresses and those only for 30 days, completely GDPR compliant. And, you know, I don't, I don't care. I just have that so I can roughly see how many people download shit because i'm kind of interested in that um other than that you know i i'll I, this great that bite mark provides us with that which is great and then of course everybody who pitched in and um f uh, financed this show uh, supported me monetarily and for this show those people are niall donegan michael mullen jensen jonathan m heavy george's walther dave butterbeans uh oh where was i uh, Dave Butterbeans, Mark Holland, Steve Hose, oh, nearly lost my train of thought there, Shelby Kruver, Kaisiers, Vlad, Jackie Place, a lot of people, 1I11G, Fadi Mansour, Philip Klostermann, IKN, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Matt Jellyman, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, also this mix of names completely drives me insane sometimes, David Potter, Dave, Dave Amrish, Mika, today's completely is bad. Mika Vitauta Sadowskis, Ricky M, Drive Zero, Martin, Jonathan Edwards, Barry Williams, Sylvia Vulcan, and SJ. Thanks to all of you. And um, I wish you have a you have a good good few days. I'll certainly be enjoying Norway. I've never been to Norway. 
it looks like a beautiful country and you know those fjords if i mean if they weren't made to drive around them on a motorbike i don't i don't know what the fuck was so uh yeah i'll, I'll be enjoying myself um i hope you have a good time as well and i'll be back uh with more brain space and more time to do things and uh more power to do podcast episodes which should be great until then do it like me have a gym beam or associated alcoholic or non-alcoholic beverage and uh aim to misbehave See ya!